Well, we come to the last meeting. It seems like we just got here and now we're through. Except we're not through. Amen. We'll never be through until the divine history comes to the last chapter. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. <laughs> That's where we're aiming. Well, uh, I'd like to start. How, Dave, how long do we have? Okay, so we're done. Whenever that is, before that time, we want to leave some time still for uh, speaking so we could have a, a real conferring this morning. So let's see how far we can get in, in this last session. Uh, we uh, finished off seeing how the enemy came in right after the church had such a good beginning to continue Christ and to be focused on Christ and to express the Lord uh, in favor with God and with men. But then the enemy came in, especially with this matter of the law. And my saints, what a battle was waged over this matter of the law. Right after those men went down from Judea to preach that different gospel, the apostles gathered in Jerusalem and had kind of a council. But as you read that account in Acts chapter 15, it was still not so clear. They didn't want to burden the Gentile believers, yet they still insisted on a couple of legal points. Paul was there, and eventually Paul found this, I call it SARS. It's SARS, this disease. It's like a disease. It was there in Jerusalem, and then all of a sudden Paul is fighting with the churches in Galatia. They were coming under the keeping of the law. And he said, what? What? You started so good. You started so good. What is happening now? Did you, did you receive grace? Did you receive God as your life and your everything by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so especially in that book of Galatians, Paul is fighting fighting, fighting against the law and pointing, pointing, pointing the saints to Christ. Christ, he said, oh, it pleased God to do what? To reveal his son in me. That is what pleased God. To reveal Christ in Paul. And then Paul said, oh, I'm crucified with Christ. Yet, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. He's been revealed in me by God, and he lives in me. Christ, Christ, not the law. So Satan is, and Paul is, thank the Lord for the Apostle Paul. Thank the Lord for all of the brothers throughout history who when the enemy would go this way, away from Christ, lowering down Christ, replacing Christ, the brothers were faithful to bring the saints back to Christ. Christ revealed in me, Christ living in me. And then in chapter 4, verse 19 of Galatians, Paul said, oh, 
I am like a travailing mother. I am travailing over you, Galatians, until what? Christ is formed in you. Not only born in you, not only living and spreading and growing in you, but eventually formed in you. Christ formed in you. That means you are mature. That means you are Christ. And corporately, that means, oh, my goodness, God's goal. Christ, corporately. Paul was fighting. Paul was fighting. But the muddled situation still remains. You can read 1 Timothy. You could read the book of Hebrews. You realize Paul is still fighting, fighting. The enemy is getting as much mileage out of the law as he can. Eventually, God had to send the Roman army to Jerusalem to level the city, to drive the saints out so they would migrate, go other places, and get out of that atmosphere of mixture. Something of Christ, something of the law. A good thing but not Christ. God has made up his mind. Christ is what he wants, not the law. So God comes in. Jerusalem is destroyed. Thank the Lord for the Apostle Paul. Even before Jerusalem was destroyed, I'll give you a little history here. We all appreciate the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians was written in 64 A.D. What a book! You know, with the help of others, we come to realize that that is a book concerning God's plan. That is a book on the divine history. It is high. Nearly there's no problem mentioned in that book. Just a revelation of the divine history. God is there, oh, wanting to dispense himself to us. Transmit himself to the church. And in that book, we have the revelation of this universal person. It's called the body. It's called the new man. It's called the bride. It's called the dwelling place. We sang about many of these things during the course of this weekend. All of these were, were these wonderfully uttered descriptions of the corporate me. Paul saw such a vision. And let me tell you, it wasn't just for him. <laughs> what he saw, he shared. What he saw, he shared. I'll get to this point a little bit more in a minute. This is a, a secret I would like you to practice for your vitality's sake. But Paul, my goodness, eventually he saw that even this corporate entity is a warrior is a warrior, a corporate warrior, to do what? To fulfill Genesis 1, 26. That is, to have dominion over God's enemies. 
listen to this. Listen to this. The next year, 65 A.D., for those of you that are interested in history, and this does speak something. The next year, that is 65 A.D., Paul wrote his first letter to Timothy. And in the very beginning of that letter, Paul says, Timothy, I would like you to stay there in where? Ephesus. Listen. I would like you to stay there in Ephesus and charge certain ones there in the church in Ephesus. Now remember, they just got that letter the year before, not 10 years before, one year before. Paul says, charge them not to teach differently from God's economy. That means God's plan to dispense himself. One year! They were standing up to teach differently. They were teaching genealogies, mythologies, and listen to this, they were teaching, according to chapter 1, verse 7, they were desiring to be teachers of the what? Law. SARS had spread from Jerusalem to Galatia to Ephesus, the chief city in the province of Asia at that time. They were teaching the law. Paul sends them this, this uh, letter, Whoa, a high revelation of the divine history, the divine plan. Oh, my, you read Ephesians. What a book. But yet one year later, this creep over here diverts some people, and it's not that they were just whispering. You know, Moses was called the man of God. The man of God. Shouldn't we pay attention to all of the things that he wrote? That's in the Bible. Shouldn't we keep the law? They weren't just whispering. They were standing up to teach. What a thing. Then two years later, when Paul wrote 2 Timothy, that is in A.D. 67, Paul made a statement in chapter 1, verse 15. He said that all Asia has turned away from me. Oh, we never got to church history this weekend. Maybe the next time, in the future, if the Lord gives us an opportunity, we'll pick up from where we left off today. All Asia. This indicates a real degrading of the church away from the divine history, away from Christ, away from what the apostles unveiled concerning Christ and the church. They didn't reject Paul personally. They loved him, even though he was in prison too much to suit them. But they turned away from what he taught. That is the apostles' teaching. That is God's plan. The chief city in Asia was Ephesus. That means Ephesus turned away from the apostles' teaching. 
not just some were, were teaching, but they turned away from the apostles' teaching. So it is not surprising. In 90 A.D., when the book of Revelation was written, there were seven churches that received little letters. The first was Ephesus. And the church there in Ephesus, the Lord said, you are doing a lot of things. You are laboring, you are enduring, you are working, you are discerning, you are doing so many good things. But he said, there is a big but. But I have something against you. You've left your first, your best love. Who's that? That is Christ. Could you believe? Is it possible? for you to do things for the Lord, without the Lord? It is. And you know what that is the definition of? To do something for God that you know God wants, yet you do it without God as the source, as the life supply, as the center. That is a definition for religion. Religion is to do something for God, without God. To keep the law for God, without God, that is just religion. And sorry to say, so many, huh, even Christians today, we have to say, they, were, they are in that category. Busy, 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 doing, 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 doing things for God, yet, sorry to say, without God. If the Lord could come and speak to them, he would say, I have something against you. You're doing a lot of good things, yet what is your source? What is motivating you? What is the intrinsic element of what you are doing? Is it me or is it you? Is it Christ or is it your natural life, your natural energy? How about us? Oh, Lord. This is why, saints, you know it came out every morning. Lord, I like to turn my heart to you. This is not a religious kind of formality. I do it every morning. If I haven't done it by the time I take my shower, as the water is beating on my head, the Lord is faithful to remind me, turn your heart to me. Lord Jesus, I turn my heart to you. I love you. Lord, I need you. When you go to the Lord in the morning, you don't have to start pouring out right away all your requests. Just take a few moments to say, Lord, I love you. Amen. This is to keep your first love. Lord, I need you. Lord, I just take a moment here to tell you I love you, to call your name, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, grow in me, increase in me. Lord Jesus, I love you. Amen. Right away, you're plugged in. You know what Ephesus was like? They were like an appliance. They were like an appliance, you know, like a dishwasher, that if it were possible, they're, they're washing, 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 but somebody pulled the plug. Somebody pulled the plug. Yet somehow, they just kept washing. On their own energy. Don't be unplugged. 
Every morning. <laughs> right, Terry? Every morning, plug in. It's not that you're unplugged, but your sensation may be, oh, I'm unplugged. Lord Jesus, I turn my heart to you again today. My heart is for the Lord. Lord, I exercise my spirit to receive you. I turn my heart to love you. Lord, I want to become you a little bit more right now. A little bit more today, Lord, I want to become you. Be my element, be my constituent. Lord Jesus, my eyes are on you. I want you. Bit by bit, day by day, continue. Ephesus, the Jubilee, got into a legalistic kind of religion. So the Lord said, you better repent. You better repent. You better repent. And come back to the first things. That means come back to me. Otherwise, I'll come and remove the lampstand. That means your testimony will be gone. The Lord's testimony begins with our loving him. Our loving him ushers us into our enjoying his life. His life becomes the light of life to be his testimony. Love, life, light. That is the progression. That is the life progression. Check your experience when you say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Say it right now. Lord Jesus, I love you. And don't just do it because I ask you. Say it from, from within. Again. Lord Jesus, I love you. If you check, when you do that, my goodness, you feel inclined, you feel turned, you feel, in a sense, qualified to enjoy him as life. You say, Lord, I love you, then you feel like enjoying him as life. Blessed are they who wash their robes that they may have right to what? The tree of life. And then as you enjoy him as your life, oh, you, you sense there is something shining within you. That is the light of life. The light, the New Testament, the Gospel of John talks about the light of life. Even in the Psalms, in Psalm 36, it says, with you, Lord, is the fountain of life. In thy life shall we see light. In thy light, I should say, shall we see light. Life brings in light. Love brings in life, and life brings in light. But I tell you, if you don't have love, you are in coldness. And coldness will not issue in life. It will issue in death. And death will not issue in light. It will issue in darkness. So you will need a special group called what? The Nicolaitans. A class to carry on the, quote, business of the, quote, church. This is church history. See, we got a little bit of it in. That's a preview. That's P number nine. Right, P2. That is church history. So what does the Lord tell them? He calls for overcomers. With all the churches, he calls for overcomers. And what does he tell the overcomers to do? Rob, do you remember? 
I'll check with him in a year. He'll know. He tells them, he indicates the way to get out, the way to get out of where you are is, first of all, he said, unless you repent and do the first work. Number one, come back to the Lord as your first love. Number two, eat the tree of life. Who's the tree of life? Right. That's right. Very gall. Now I feel I can go home now happy. At least you got rid of that chicken spirit. Who is the tree of life? Christ. Hallelujah. He's the one that came around and said, I'm the tree. I'm the tree. I'm the bread of life. I'm food. The way to overcome is be simple. Eat Jesus. Eat Jesus. In the Old Testament, through the prophet, I believe it was Isaiah, the Lord told uh, Israel, don't be rebellious. Eat what I give you. Eat what is good for you. Be simple. Eat. (laughs) Eat the Lord. Is that something so bad? To eat the Lord, is that bad? Is that hard? Listen, there will be many that will not do it. So you know what they will do one day? It says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why do people weep and, ah, ah, that's gnashing of teeth. I don't want to do that because I'm afraid they're gonna, I'm going to chip it. Why do people weep and gnash teeth? Because they realize something was so enjoyable so attainable right in front of their nose and they didn't do it. Don't be rebellious. Don't be hard. Eat that tree. Eat that tree. Love the Lord and eat the tree. And then automatically we will shine. The Lord's testimony will be here. Well, that is an illustration, though, of coming back to the enemy, the enemy utilizing the law, which becomes religion to distract people and to occupy people away from Christ. We are the overcomers. Are you an overcomer? Every morning, Lord, though I'm up, I'm down, I don't care. Lord, I've seen a little bit of a vision. I turn my heart to you. Lord, you're trustworthy. I'm not. Lord, I turn my heart to you. I exercise my spirit. I need you. I love you. I want you. It's also not bad, you know, if you say, help! Sometimes we need even to say, help! You wake up sometime, you've had those dreams. You know, do you ever have those dreams where you're trying to run away from somebody on your knees? Do you ever have a dream like that, or is it just me? You just can't quite, You just wake up, oh, hallelujah for the blood. Lord, I love you. Lord, help! I mean, Saul said, who are you, Lord? You say, help. Of course, he's already, but he'll again. (laughs) Oh, you will get, that is to overcome. Oh, that is to overcome. Our thought, oh, overcome, that's some big act. That's some big decision. That is some big thing that I do. Oh, a life's work. No, to overcome is, Lord Jesus, I love you. Sometimes to overcome is just, amen, Lord. Amen, Lord. Sometimes to overcome is just, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. 
even when things go bad. Praise the Lord. You know, praise the Lord. You're looking at the situation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Eventually the situation is still there, but now you're looking at it like that. It's under your feet. That's an overcomer. That's an overcomer. Hallelujah for the blood. Hallelujah for the word. Hallelujah for the spirit. Hallelujah for the church. I'm not going to be proud, independent, sole survivor. I'm going to call a brother. I'm going to get with a brother. I don't feel like it. I'm having a hard time. I'd rather be alone. Oh, an overcomer is just, brother, praise the Lord. I need you. Then you'll find out that that brother's in the same soup, the same stew. He says, I need you. And then you just fellowship, call on the Lord together, and Christ is the victor. We have the equipment that we need. We've got the blood, we've got the word, we've got the spirit, we've got the church to be the overcomers, to defeat the enemy. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to use the remainder of the time to deal with this matter of how is the church built. Satan, the gates of Hades, are trying to prevail. They have been attacking from day one with the law, with religion, with philosophy, with good works, with all kinds of things, fighting against Christ and the church. Paul had the vision, not only of the great universal person, the body, the new man, the bride, the warrior, the dwelling place. Oh, Ephesians, what a view. But also, he got the revelation practically, how, do, how does the building practically come about? Only the builded church matches and satisfies and fulfills God's heart's desire. The builded church. What is the builded church? There are two sides to how the church is built. There's God's side, and there's our side. And this is where we'll finish, I guess, this weekend. What is God's side? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. God's side. What is God's side? Well, there's always a safe answer. Right. right. Very good. But specifically, specifically, God's side, that's right, that is Christ, Christ. But practically speaking, the building of the church depends on what in relation to Christ? On God's side. Well, to save time, on God's side, this is the revelation now that Paul saw. On God's side, there is what we call a dispensing. A dispensing. <laughs> that means kind of a sending, sending, <laughs> a supplying. There's movement of something toward someone. A dispensing, a dispensing, a dispensing. There is a verse, the last verse in 2 Corinthians. And, you know, in Christianity, I'm sorry to say this, 
Some people use this as a benediction. You know what a benediction is? At the end of the service, the pastor goes like this, and he gives a benediction, you know, like he's blessing the people. And they use this one, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. How did that sound? I'm not trying to make fun. That verse indicates a movement of God to us. Think about it. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with, be with, be with. There's no time with that be with. It's like it's, it's timeless. Be with, continually be with, be with, be with, be with, be with, be with. The triune God, the grace of Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. What is that? Suspense. That is God in Christ as the Spirit. Love comes with grace. And grace is conveyed by the Spirit. To us! It's not a benediction. That is our lifeline. Every time you call, Lord Jesus! But that's our part. No, I'm, I'm on God's part. This is God's plan. God's plan to get that dream is to practically, the prototype becomes the producer. And the producer is the dispenser. Amen. Dispensing what? Himself. <laughs> he dispenses himself. What better thing to dispense? If God, or sorry, if the church is Christ, if in its elements and its constitution the church is Christ, if God has made his choice on Christ, if he doesn't recognize anything else but Christ, what else would God dispense than Christ? God is dispensing Christ. Christ, 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 Christ. You ask God, what are you doing? I am dispensing, 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 dispensing. Christ, 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 Christ. Oh, there's a flow, there's a flow. If you open up your mouth, you will get it. Lord Jesus, let's call him. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. God is dispensing himself. This is the building up of the church. Oh, the material, the material for the building up of the church, that is Christ. How does God get Christ to us? Oh, it is his dispensing. He is dispensing. He is a dispenser. But there's an interesting thing. This is good. In the, the New Testament, there is a word oikonomia. Oikonomia. We get, of course, the English word economy. If you read our English translation of the New Testament, when this 
process is from God to us, it is translated economy. God's dispensing, when it's from him to us, that is his economy. Economy is used. But when this stream, when this flow comes to us and through us to others, it is translated stewardship. But it's the same word. This shows it is one process. Oh, This is why Paul, in Ephesians again, chapter 3, verse 2, said, Have you heard of the stewardship, the oikonomia, of the grace of God which was given to me for you? To me for you. Here is a secret. What you get of Christ is not only for you. What you get of Christ is for the body. This is how God is building the church. He is building it organically, and he is building it through you. To me, I love that. To me, for you. To me, for you. Later in that chapter, in verse 8, he says, let me just read this. To me, again, actually verse 7 says, I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, which was given to me according to the operation of his power, verse 8, to me less than the least of all saints. Paul remembered he was a persecutor. He didn't think he was so great. He called himself less than the least of all saints. That means any saint can be in this. Anybody can be in this and must be in this. He said, less than the least of all saints, to me was this grace given to do what? To announce to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of theology as the gospel. Wrong translation. To announce to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of That is the commodity. Uh, Christ, 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 Christ. Do you want to be happy? Get into this. Christ, 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 Christ. You know, if you just, like Christ, and that's it, Christ, oh, you know, you'll feel boom, boom. Then somebody will come. <laughs> Forget that. Christ, Christ, Christ. You know, we were having a, uh, uh, some meetings recently about Matthew, and it was talking about get your vessel filled with oil. Get your vessel filled with oil. So I was thinking, that's right, I want to get my vessel filled with oil so that I could get into the wedding feast. But you know what my concept was? My concept was, you know, just glug, 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 I got my two big barrels. And let's say Dave is St. Peter or whoever. You know, and I got my two barrels here. Let me in. Can't you see I got oil in my vessel? That was my concept. But then I read a line in an outline. It says, we buy to supply the church. You buy to supply. And if you check your experience, if you check your experience, 
when what you get, you give for the building up of the body, which is organic. <laughs> we'll get to it. When what you get of Christ, you supply to the church, you find out, whoa, something happens to inwardly to my vessel. I get filled Amen. up. I mean, that's God's economy. That's God's way of doing things. Our way is to hoard, hoard, accumulate, collect. Oh, look at me. Yeah, look at you. Bloated. You're like the Dead Sea. Everything flows in, nothing flows out. Eventually, it's called the Dead Sea. No life. Oh, here is a secret. God's economy is to me for you. Amen. How about that? Let's all say that. To me for you. To me for you. To me for you. You will be so happy. That is the reason you're on this earth. You're, that's the reason you're here. Christ for the body. Christ for the church. Oh, I tell you, you'll be so happy. That's why you have to get up and speak. Even if it's just one word, even if it's just, I don't feel so good, but I'm glad I'm here. Hallelujah. Sit down. We were so glad you got up and gave us that little pickle for our feast. Amen. Hallelujah. We need pickles. Amen. Forget that. You know what I mean. Oh, to me, for you. To me, for you. I knew a man by the name of Witness Lee. I knew him personally. He was an old brother from China. And his name in English was Witness. You know, I considered, that's an interesting name, Witness. He had a friend named Watchman. And when I heard that, I laughed. I said, wow, are there others? With <laughs> what is this? Could I be initiated into this? What would they call me? You know, <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Watchman, witness, crazy. Well, <laughs> crazy Paul. Um, but you know, I considered in this light, that is a good name for that old brother. Because a witness in English is one that not only sees something, receives something by seeing it, but a witness in English also speaks it, bears witness. Witness, 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 witness. Witness, witness. And I could testify concerning this old brother. He practiced that for his whole life, lived till he was almost 93 years old, and the Lord just energized him, energized him. The more he gave, the more, the more he received, the more he gave. Then the Lord gave him more, he gave more. The Lord gave him more, he gave more. The Lord gave him more, he gave more. Wouldn't you like to be like that? Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. This is the divine history. We're all involved. We're all, to me, for you. Oh, I could see it. I could see it. All of us are in this. To me, for you. To me, for you. The angels are up there. Woo! Whoa, look at that. Look at the Bay Area. Look at the Bay Area. Oh, to me, for you. To me, for you. To me, for you. Look at that. Look at that transmission. Look at that oikonomia. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! This is how the church is built. Oh, I love it. Colin, how about it? To me, for you. Oh, I enjoy the unsearchably rich Christ. I share the unsearchably rich Christ. Oh, he's not just for me, me. He's to me, for you. Every day we wake up, we are supplied 
uh, by the word of God, by calling on the Lord's name, then we have the thought, this isn't just for me. It's for me, but not only for me. Not merely for me. This is also, if there's a, a meeting that night, I'm going to share. At least I'm going to say amen. amen. At least I'm going to exercise my spirit. But hopefully I can speak something. If there's no meeting, I'm going to call somebody. I'm not going to talk about the weather. I'm going to enjoy something of the Christ that was to me. I'm going to practice to me for you. Saints, how about this? Amen. In the meetings, over the telephone, at the table, wherever. To me, for you. Amen. This equals I will build my church. Amen. <laughs> Satan does not like this. But we like it. And if you practice it, you'll love it. You'll get a taste for this. My happiest time, I tell you, that's why the Lord sent me here. The Lord gave me something over years, over the recent months. It's not just for me. It's for you. It's for you. If I was here another day, you'd get more. Then I'd get more. Then I'd go somewhere else. In two or three weeks, I'm going to go to Moscow. To me, for them to me, for them. Then a few weeks later, I'm going to go to London. To me, for them. To me, for them. I give, get, give, get, give, get, give, get. The body of Christ. My vision of God's of the divine history. Not just me, but all of you. All of you. You catch a glimpse. Matthew, how about this, brother? You've probably heard this before. Oh, but have you been in it? Yeah, he has. But he needs to be in it more. All of us need to be in this more, 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 more. <laughs> I will build my church to be for you, to me for you. Amen, Lord. This is on God's side via us. What about our side? To me, for you, in between to me for you. If God is dispensing, what do you need to be doing? That's right. This is logical, right? Our part is receiving. And then the more you receive, and by the way, what are you receiving? Give me a bolder Christ. Christ! Good. That's what I'm going to remember from this weekend. If God is dispensing Christ, you are receiving Christ. And if you receive Christ, you are enjoying Christ. That means you will receive more Christ. You will enjoy more Christ. Receive more. Enjoy more. Receive more. Enjoy more. That means Christ is doing what in you? He is increasing. He is spreading. That is what the New Testament calls Growth. Growth is the increase of Christ in you. The increase of Christ in you. That is growth. There's a verse in Colossians that says that we grow with the growth of God. Another way to translate growth is increase. We increase with the increase of God. As God is increasing, we are growing. 
Lord Jesus, I love you. We experience him. We receive him. We share him. We receive him. We share him. Christ is increasing. Christ is increasing. Christ is increasing. Terry in Fresno, Christ is increasing. Oh, pretty soon you can't hold yourself back from going to, to Fresno State. Amen. Hallelujah. Cast out that bulldog. No bulldog. We have Christ. Bulldog is fickle. Christ is real. Hallelujah. Christ is increasing. That is growth. And it is a marvelous thing, friends. Growth is how the church is built. Let me read you a verse in, again, Ephesians. This is in Ephesians. It would help if I had my Bible. This is in Ephesians chapter 2. Listen, Paul talks about this matter of built and building quite a bit. In Ephesians 2, 20 through 22, he says this. Being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom, that means in Christ, all the building being fitted together is, listen, growing. What kind of a building is this? This building is growing, growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in your strong mind. You are also being built together into a dwelling place of God in spirit. I tell you, as Christ is increasing, and as you are growing, the church is being built. The church is being built. The building is by our growth in solid and precious that is being constituted into you. That is Christ himself as the building material for God's dwelling place. Oh, the more you take him, the more you experience him, the more you enjoy him, the more he increases, I tell you, all that fluff within us, all that natural within us, all of that frustration within us is just being kind of replaced. Something solid, something precious. Oh, what is this? This is just our experiences of Christ. Our experiences of Christ. Something solid, something precious. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, you are God's farm, God's What a mixed metaphor. What a mixed metaphor. You are God's farm, God's building. Paul, what do you mean? This means by growing Christ, by growing Christ, by growing Christ, you are constituted with Christ, and Christ is the living stone. Christ is the...
the living stone. He is solid. You are wishy-washy. You know, Simon, Simon Peter, Simon means vacillating. You know, not solid, not solid. The Lord changed his name from Simon to Peter. Something solid. What will make you solid? Your not your determination. Christ! Oh, oh, something solid becomes your element, becomes your constitution. Oh, this is what we call transformation. Oh, 1 Corinthians 3 talks about gold, silver, precious stones. Then it talks about wood, hay, stubble. Over here, Satan is saying, no, 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 no. You could build the church with, with, with some wood some hay, some stubble. This all indicates our natural strength, our natural ability, our natural life. I don't have the time. But that's church history. A lot of building with that kind of stuff. But the divine history, that is just the increase of Christ. And this Christ, as he increases, oh my, get rid of this, get rid of that. He makes us wishy-washy into something solid and precious and buildable. Only Christ is buildable. We're not buildable. We don't want to be built. But as Christ grows, as Christ is constituted, as he becomes our element, my goodness, we are buildable. And the issue is, a built church against which the gates of Hades cannot prevail. Something solid. This is what I want. Oh, this vision, this vision. Saints, how about this? How about this? Oh, to me for you. In a moment, we'll practice this. To me for you. You must have gotten something this weekend, right? Did you get something? No, if Satan is something, no, you didn't. You are the exception. You got nothing. That's what Satan is doing with some of you right now. You were sleeping through half of it. You didn't get, your mind was wandering. You didn't get anything. You're the exception. You're the exception. You say, uh, you are a liar. Amen. You are a liar. At least my spirit is life. I've seen something. What I've seen is for the body. Hallelujah. Oh, as we practice that, oh, Christ is increasing. Oh, we are becoming solidified. We are becoming precious, preciousified. Is that a word? Whatever it is now. Preciousified. Oh, we are being made precious, solid. What we never could do, God is doing in us. Hallelujah. He's building his church. There's another chapter. Ephesians 4, same thought, same thought. It talks about we are receiving the supply. We are receiving the supply from the body. We are growing up into the head and then out from the head. We are receiving the supply. The body is receiving of the, of the supply. And that supply causes us all to operate. That supply causes us to operate. And our operation is results in what? The growth of the body. And the growth of the body is unto the building up of itself in love. The same thought. Growth issues 
spontaneously in building. I will build my church. Now do you see? I will build my church to me for you. To me for you. Satan hates this. He's trying his best to distract all of us right now, but we reject him. We will speak. It would be good if we, we could speak the same. Don't, don't, even if you repeat what somebody else says, that's fine. Actually, we need to hear it a hundred times. We need to hear it to me for you a hundred times until the reality is to me for you. Oh, every speaking is an infusing, is a dispensing, is an exercising of the stewardship. We all have the stewardship. We're all the builders. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Isn't this wonderful? Amen. This is the divine history. Amen. We don't want the part of that other one. We want to be in this one. We want to be in this one unto the conclusion. Eventually, the new Jerusalem, listen, the new Jerusalem is composed of gold, pearl, and precious stones. All of that accumulated growth, transformation, and building will consummate in the new Jerusalem. When people look at it, the Lord is there. Sorry. The Lord is there. The Lord is there. That is just Christ reproduced. Christ enlarged. That's Mr. and Mrs. Christ. Wow! What a thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the divine history. Amen. But our part in it is so practical. Now let me ask you before I stop. Do you feel discouraged? Is this attainable? This is very attainable. We could start practicing it right now. We we can drive back to Berkeley in him who empowers us. We could sit in that car with the other saints and fellowship in him who empowers us. We can go to school tomorrow in him who empowers us. Let him in to me for you. Fine, we'll have a lot to say. We'll have a lot to say. We'll be like Peter and John. We can't help it. We've been with Jesus. See, the religious leaders, they took note of them. They're not educated. They're a couple of fishermen, Peter and John. What are these guys? Where did they get this? Where did they get this? Then they say, noted, well, they were with Jesus. That's the key. Hallelujah. The more we're we're with Jesus, we can't help it. We have to speak. Comb your hair. Actually, a brother told me this morning. He testified. He spoke. He said, I combed my hair in Christ this morning. It was really good. So he, to him for me, to me for you, I will have a lot to say. How about this? Then the Lord is happy. That's what I meant. I will build my church. I'm increasing. Your natural is decreasing. The building is going up. Satan is going down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going toward the goal. Let's speak for the remainder of our time. I'm I'm finished. Hallelujah.